1: everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy, and I have my first repeat offender on the podcast. <laughs> Not in real life he's a repeat offender, just on the podcast he's a repeat offender. My man Rojo, Robert Johnson. Rojo, thanks for being on the podcast for me today.
2: Oh no, thank you man, this means a lot. Like at the end of the day, this is about us giving back and making sure some people can hear us out. So, thank you. That's
1: right, that's right. Well today's topic is right up your alley. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, Robert Johnson, uh, former University of Utah standout free safety, former uh, NFL free safety for the Tennessee Titans, Uh, father, you know, lots of roles, you know, but you've been in the action sports industry for action sports gaming. You've uh, worn many hats, but your main staple throughout
2: all the things that you've done has always been working with youth and youth sports. It feels like it. It feels like it. And um, I love it because my kid is one of those kids that's the youth. And, you know, I'm trying to learn how to be a better, be a better, be a better parent, but on top of being a better parent, learn how to be able to, to talk to these kids on a level that they need to be talked to and get some things understand with. them.
1: Oh, well, and also too, I mean, people usually like things that they're good at.
2: <laughs>
1: and if you sucked at it, you probably would have scratched that off the to-do list and went off in other ventures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about <laughs> it, right? Like, like of all the parents like, man, that coach sucks. If we don't <laughs> like coach Rojo. That guy sucked. After a while, hopefully you'd get the hint and quit, but that's the opposite. Now, for myself, having you train my son, watch you with the kids, your patience, your understanding, the way you approach the parents is a big reason why I wanted you on the podcast. And um, I just wanted you to weigh on a couple of things because a little while back, I did an episode and I sent you this episode. This episode was a request that I did on uh, Light the Fight, our main channel channel podcast. Um, I had some requests from parents that were asking me, hey, how do we handle um, issues with coaches? that we have problems with the coaches, our kids have problems with the coaches, the coaches have problems with my kid, all these different types of issues. And with youth sports, I mean, it's it's right in the, the heat of youth sports right now. I mean, January, there's so many different types of sports going on, right? Yeah. The crossover from football to basketball, there's wrestling. And also, too, in today's world, not like when you and I grew up, one sport's all year round now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when, when yeah. we grew up, it was like you could play you three play or four sport. sports. Yeah. You can't really play three or four sports now because they bleed into we each bleed other. In. Mm -hmm. So what I want to talk about is a little part two to that episode I did about, um, my suggestions and my advice that I was giving to parents about how to approach coaches and also how to instill assertiveness and help your kids be better at talking to coaches themselves. So let's, uh, let's establish, uh, I think a pretty common or a pretty well-known thing right now. I think it's safe to say not all coaches, so not 100% of coaches. But the majority of the coaches that are coaching youth right now are your age, my age. Mm-hmm. And that means they were raised in a different generation. It's a pretty much blanket statement from a lot of the old school folks, right? A lot of the old school people that were raised in a different generation. That one of the knocks on this current generation is that there's a lot more coddling from parents. Yes. There's a lot of parents that because they spend so much money, by the way, did your parents spend thousands of dollars on uh, no, your athletic no, career? Oh, no, no. My parents did <laughs> no, no, thousands on no, my athletic have career. Yeah. My parents <laughs> were like, if I suck, they'd be like, we better stop playing then, because <laughs>
2: we mom, ain't paying for it. Right? My mom was like, hey, coach, if you want them, you better figure out how to get them to practice every day.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you sports better be real cheap. Okay? Uh, <laughs> so if you can imagine if our parents will, we don't have to use our parents' example, but today things cost a lot of money. Parents, definitely the, the net income, you know, most families make more of a higher income now. You drive nicer cars, I drive nice cars, and my parents did, so so we're leveling up. Just like our parents wanted, they wanted us to be better than them. And just like, of course, us as parents, we're gonna want our kids to be better than us. So if we want our kids to be better than us, we're going to go out of our way to give them the things that we did not have. Yes. We're going to, I've seen your son. He doesn't have janky shoes on. Uh, he, uh, he Nice clothes. He uh, ain't borrowing his brother's uh, shoes, right? He doesn't yeah. have four or five brothers above him, uh, right? There's or no hand-me-downs. Or, yeah, or matching colors. Yeah, we matching, matching colors. Yeah, there's no colors. duct tape yeah. on his sneakers, right? <laughs> so, so we're looking at these kids coming up now. Parents, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying this is an observation. They're spending lots of money. If they're spending lots of money on their kids, like most people, they want a return on that investment. Yes. They want to guarantee that their kids are going to start, going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And eventually the big thing in today's world, especially now that there's money in college sports, is they want their kids to get division one scholarships. Yes. For regardless what the sport is, they want them to be at a high level. Now let's look at sports that aren't in college. Motocross, uh, surfing, skateboarding, um, you know, BMX biking. Even though there's not college sponsorships for that, the pros in those sports make a lot of money. Oh, yeah. With the Back in the day.
2: Endorsement deals. And, X-game
1: um, sports oh. were like laughed at. Now you can make millions of dollars as a skateboarder mm-hmm. at 16 years old. And, and you can make the Olympics too. And you can make the Olympics, Olympics too. Yeah, yeah. yeah snowboarding, oh, right? Oh. So the point I'm getting is that we obviously, there's coaches from the old school coaching kids and parents in a totally different generation, totally different realm. Parents have high expectations of their kids have high expectations of return on their investment. And then coaches have a higher expectation to be more sensitive, more understanding. And I I think it's a safe thing to say that coaches today spend a lot more time interfacing, texting with parents, and having to deal with a lot of combative and argumentative situations and complaining from parents. There's always been parents complaining. I think it's just on steroids now compared to past generations. So you'd agree with that? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So what I want to talk about for a few minutes is... You are actually in a unique position because you are a coach in the training sense. You're helping develop the skills of you know football players, basketball players, anyone that wants to get better footwork and more specifically with football. So in your position, you'll have a lot of parents come to you, open up to you. They say, "Hey, I want my kid to be better at X, Y, Z because they didn't start. They didn't get this. Or I just want them to be really good because I think they have potential. You don't have as much of the like heat coming at you. From how come my kid didn't start? Because that's not the role that you play. So I want to ask you, since you agree with all the stuff I was talking about as far as the expectations being higher, more money, kids, you know, walking around all swagged up, wearing all this cool stuff, Entitle, matching gear, a yeah. lot of entitlement, oh, yeah. right? Which really isn't their fault. If, if your mom would have given you everything you want as a kid, would you have said no, mom? Oh no! Yeah. Of course yeah, you're going to take, take it. Take it. Yeah, that's okay? how it goes. <laughs> so being in the position you're at right now, I did a podcast a little bit ago, like I said, talking about suggestions I give to parents. One of the suggestions I gave to parents, regardless of how young your child is, is that I tell parents that you have to teach your kid how to communicate and advocate for themselves. Even when your kid is struggling and they come and complain to you, if you take your kids' complaints, get all stirred up and all emotional, and you go straight after the coach, that could set up a really bad situation with your relationship with the coach and the kids. So the question, my first question I have for you is, when parents come to you... And they complain to you about coaches about their kids not being getting playing time in their sports, and they're wanting the kids to improve and get better. What do you think about what I said in regards to encouraging the parents to teach their kids and advocate for themselves? Do you agree with that? And if so, like, why are in your opinion? What what are some of the reasons why it's good to help kids learn how to speak for themselves?
2: Well, I mean, um, first off, I'm hundred percent, like I'm hundred percent yes with what you saying because, um at the end of the day, the parent is not on the field. The kids are on the field. True. And when you look back at, you might have a kid that, that is really, that's, that's really good, but have a terrible attitude. Sometimes as a coach, you don't want that player that's awesome, All-American, but he has a terrible attitude. You don't want that to bleed over into the other players. And sometimes... Cancer, in the, yeah, yeah, cancer in the locker room. Yeah, cancer in the locker room. I was just about to say, like, it turns into the locker room lawyer. Yeah. That's what we say, it's a locker room lawyer, where... This kid is like, I'm not getting my time. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And we know that he's good, but you're not reaching that potential. That kid can really destroy a team. So when it comes to them going to their parents, like, well, you know, dad, I'm not doing this or mom, I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, we know that you're good. We know that you deserve it. So we're going to go talk to the coach. That's going to screw up. That, that messes up that kid and make him feel like even when he's not doing good and he's figuring out ways to cut corners, his parents, and his parents is going to be there and going to like protect them and, and coach, you need to play my son and do this. And then all of a sudden that, uh, that a, what a transfer portal. <laughs> it seemed like the transfer portal is oh, like, yeah. it kicks in quick when it comes to that one kid that was so good, but yet he don't get along with this coach. You know, you have to step back as a parent and yeah. allow your kid to not figure it out, but you got to allow your kid to understand like, Hey, are you putting in all the work you need to ask your kid and have these serious conversations with your kid of like, Hey, on that one rep that I saw you do, was you doing it 100% like the coach said? Or were you taking a step back and like, oh, I'm just going to take this playoff? Like, it really turns into, as a parent, you have to decide to ask your kid and have those serious conversations of like, do you really want to play for this coach? And are you really giving your best effort? Because the same way that that coach is looking at your kid, and you looking at your kid is like, oh, this is a Heisman. This is an NFL guy. It might, be a kid, it might be a coach that's on a higher level, that's looking at your kid is the same way, but he's not going to allow him to see it. He wants him to bust his ass and do what he needs to do on that field or on whatever sport yeah. it is. He wants him to do what's need to be done to make sure that he reaches to the highest potential that he feels like he can, that he can reach. So uh, I'm going to just sum
1: up what you just said in a, in a sense so it's, very, so it's very palatable for everybody because I, I agree. I really like some of the things you said. So when kids come to their parents, parents have to be really quick I mean, have to be really careful not to react yes. to their kids' fear, complaints, and discomfort. Because as a parent, when your kid is hurt and they, they come they're hurt, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? And you want to quickly help them. When their feelings are hurt, when they're feeling down and they're feeling uncomfortable or they're feeling like they're unjustly treated, mm-hmm. if you've had a bad day as a parent and you're stressed out and you can't control a lot of things in your life and then your kid brings this smoke to you, yeah, it it's, just like, it's hard not to react to that. Mm-hmm. So not to sound like we're parent bashing and everything, I kind of want to flip it on the other side. You get it as a parent, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And It's it's hard not to react. And I
2: can can give a a little prime example of my son, like, playing flag football. Um, Recently, their team didn't win a game. But my son, he was one of the top players, but he always wanted the ball. And then the coach, it seemed like the coach started to fall into that position of like, okay, well, his dad played in the NFL. Let me give his son the ball more. And I had to pull the coach aside and said, don't give my son the ball like that. And he's like, well, he's good. I was like, I don't care. He's not pulling flags. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> like, like on defense. On defense, he's missing flags. He's cherry picking. Yeah, waiting for the offense. yeah. For, for for me, I just was like, he's not playing hard on defense, which he's leaving the. He's not pulling flags, giving the giving the opponent they score a touchdown. Now it's like we're on offense. Coach, give me the ball every play. And the coach is like, well, I think this is what I was supposed to. I'm like, no. Like my son is good, but let's not get to that point. He has to. He has to earn his right on this field. And that's me looking at it from my perspective. As I know, my kid is good. But I'm not about to sit up there and play the card of like, you better give my bo- you better give my son the ball, this that. I see what he's doing. I'm sitting back watching him. It's like If anyone get it knows <laughs> parents out there, I like we, okay, if anyone knows
1: that your kid is a potential being a superstar, it'd be you because you watch them, right? Yes. And if anyone knows your kid it has a potential being a lazy. Punk attitude. Yeah. Entitled. Entitle. Kid, it's yeah. going to be you. Yeah. You're the same <laughs> parents yelling for not picking up the towel on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you do your homework? Right. So, okay. This is a takeaway. You guys listen to what he just said. Instead of being scared that your kid doesn't get what they want, be more scared that they get everything that they want.
2: Yes. Yes. That is that's a,
1: more dangerous, that's especially dangerous. in today's world. Mm-hmm. So I like that you took the opposite approach. Like, no, no, no. Don't give my son no extra treatment because yep. what happens so many times coaches, they get out of the youth sports mentality and they get into a really high competitive mentality like this ain't D1. No, it's
2: not. Th- this ain't They're at the kids. level like
1: you're getting yeah. paid a lot of money. So make sure that you spread this around because the other members of the team are get better If you not put my son in check, but you don't give him a false sense of reality. You're
2: only as good as your weakest link. And like that goes for um, college, NFL, goes all the way down to Pop Warner, little kids leaders. That At the end of the day, whatever kid that might not be that good, you have to be able to let the other kids motivate them to get them to that level. Because those kids are the same kids where the parents are like, my kid is much better than that kid. He shouldn't be playing. It's like they're on the same team, man.
1: Yeah. And also look. Your kid could get hurt. Yeah. What happens if the superstar gets hurt? What happens if the backup quarterback doesn't get reps? What happened if the kid on the offensive line that everybody said, oh, you know, you're not as good, so then he stops trying. Next, you know, the, the, he the three starters else. get hurt, and he now he's in there. Hurt. Now mm-hmm. he's he's uh, he's not confident. He's not ready because mm-hmm. no one lifted him up. Yeah. No one got him ready. I remember, and I'm sure you probably have the same stories. I remember it was, it was a harsh reality, of course, at D1 at the different level, but it's like you're only as good as your last performance. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like, oh, you're a superstar last Uh-oh. year. You're hurt, anyways. What's your name again? Mm-hmm. Like they forgot about you really quick. NFL people. days, too. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, even <laughs> even worse, right? But we're talking about youth sports.
2: Yeah.
1: everyone's career is going to end. Yes, it is. Most of the kids' career is going to end. But there's more kids' careers going to end at middle school, at high school, at college. Even more so than the pros, because more kids are playing middle school sports, high mm-hmm. school, college, or pros. Yeah. So if these kids want to be prepared. We always hear that sports is a great metaphor of life. And how sports it, it can really relate. prepare. Uh, yeah, Because you have to learn how to work as a team, right? Even yep. if you have an individual sport, you have to work with coaches. You have to learn how to be selfless. Even though in that process, if you're really good, you can get put up on a pedestal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You could get put up on a pedestal, but you have to be able to check that ego. Like um when it like I tell college kids right now at the University of Utah, it's like enjoy this, enjoy this experience because when you get to the NFL business yeah. and don't get me wrong business is sometimes booming like you know yeah. like what they say but then in college sometimes your best friends would be those ones that you made in high school and then sometimes in college yeah. compared to what you do in the nfl if you even make it to that level because things happen yeah. like you said you can easily not be able to play high school football anymore after something happened in pop warner so you, you have to enjoy it and like take it all in you know
1: no i like it so well, what we figured out so far in this conversation is be slow to react to your kids complaints.
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Be more and, and I I talk about this in therapy with parents all the time, but this re- relates perfectly when you're dealing with athletics is
2: you can love your kid
1: and you can't save him.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and like I hearing, hearing that, that's something that goes into like when your kid is complaining to you or talking to you about a couple of things that's not really fair, you know, like politics, different things like that, then you should probably go out there and go watch. Go watch your kid at practice and just go see See both everything. sides of, story, yeah, see see both sides of works, the story. Yeah, see both sides of the story and take it all in because at the end of the day, the coach, you might it is some coaches that's that's legit like some some a-holes. Oh, for it's, sure. It's yeah, we're not percent. trying to make it out like yeah. coaches and we're not, try- yeah, and we're not but trying But you to can't control like- those. You can't people. control those people. Yeah, but you can't control what you can by going to practice or going to a game and really watching it, really taking it all in before reacting. Like you said, take take everything in, take in all the information and be able to as a parent don't be like my kid is this, my kid is that. Take it in and really See, what's the, see what's, the, what's the best thing that's for your kid.
1: You know, after I did that podcast, I sent it to you and had you listen to it. And there's a couple of things that I, I, yeah, know I you had mentioned yeah. that, that stood out to you. If you can't, okay, let, let's take the worst case scenario. Let's say you do have a coach that's treating your kid unfair. But let's say unknowingly you and your kid have a part to do. it.
2: Yeah. Right? right? Mm-hmm. But let's
1: say the coach is a punk or let's say they're immature. One of those, you know, coaches, raw. Every coach, even bad coaches, do favor certain players yeah, yeah it's natural it's, it's, natural. Natural, it's natural right thing. yeah so mm-hmm. how do you get and this is one thing i talked in that podcast we're go over real quick how do you get your kid to at least not be on the coach's bad list right you uh-huh. may not get your kid to be favored by the coach your kid may not fit a certain standard may, something about your kid that your coach is like ah oh, that you know like that's not what i'm looking for but you can, you can influence the coach so that your kid is definitely not on his bad list and a kid that actually he's going to give some benefit of the doubt to mm-hmm. work with. Because the last thing you want is a coach that dismisses your kids, puts them in a quarter and a category, says, I'm going to work with these kids and I just have to deal with your kid. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So one thing that you can do as a parent to make sure that you're not on that is do not call and text coaches constantly asking them how your kid's doing, checking so- up with them. Taking away from the coach's time is
2: probably not going to help you that it's much. It's the worst thing to do. It's, worst it's, thing to do. you do. You, you should never do that as a parent. If you have to communicate with the coach, oh, you better make sure it's worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then even if it's worth it, you still probably want to go through your kids as, like, like son or daughter. You know, like, hey. Have them about, go first. Them, yes. Yes, have them go first. Let Have them. Look, this is what I've seen as a parent, but what do you see? Because you're at practice every day. You're in the game. You're talking to the coach all the time. Like, what do you see? and if you can share this with the coach, share this at a time that you feel is comfortable for you as a kid. Absolutely. You don't do that as a parent. You don't text that message of like, my kid ain't starting. I seen this kid, that kid. That's when the coach would get to a point of like, I can't deal with your parents. So that means I can't deal with you no matter how good of an uh, athlete you are. Oh, yeah. And then on on top of
1: that, also besides uh, telling your kid to go to talk to the coach himself, besides telling your kid to do that, I think it's also very important too that you give the coach compliments and appreciation for their time and effort oh. if you don't like something about the coach separate that from the good things that coach don't does. make it personal
2: yeah don't make it personal
1: <laughs> now here's a here's a little trick though and this is specifically i'm not saying this is i don't want to isolate moms in general but it's more of a typical mom thing don't over compliment the coach and be too like oh my gosh thank you so much like this is so amazing like you helped helping my son like if you go on and on and on and on and on and on, and on it's a little needy. Yeah.
2: It's the, a little, it's like the, other, the coach
1: starts feeling like, are you trying yeah. to like, am you going the to ask to start your kid? But yeah. yeah. yeah, but yeah. The,
2: other, the other kids, they're going to be looking, they're going to be like, oh, that's just, it's like your a mom little is doing too much. more than was, was. It's almost like mom is trying paper. to set up a
1: play date, like to try <laughs> yeah. to kiss, try to like brown nose you. <laughs> come in over getting. for dinner. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh, dinner. can we help you out? Some moms will try to like, I want my kid to play so well that I just need to show the coach so much admiration, care and attention. That's not right.
2: No. Uh-huh. But you
1: want to give compliments. You want to acknowledge that the coach's job is hard. Hey, thank you for taking the time. It really means a lot. When, when I coach my little son's basketball team, parents go, hey, listen, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the extra time being patient with my kids. If your coach is patient with your kid, even if he's not super patient, just he's trying to be patient, compliment him on those times, <laughs> yeah. Right? The other thing, too, is that when your kid starts to have those difficulties and you do have to go talk to the coach. Of course, if you set up the compliments and if you set up those things, it's going to make it easier to talk to the coach. Always give the coach the benefit of the doubt. And if you do talk to the coach, ask the coach, first of all, are there some things I could do yes. to help my son or help my child be a better teammate, to be more successful, um, and those things. Don't go to there and complain about what your kid's not getting. Don't complain about what the coach isn't doing. Ask for insight and information. To help your kid on your end of what you could do to support the coach instead of trying to get in the middle of him and the
2: coach or her and the coach. What do you think about that? Mm, that's a good thing because um those coaches, they see the improvement. So when you when you look at a when you tell, when a parent walk up to you and say, Hey, how can my kid get better? And the coach give you a little blueprint of what can help and what can make it make things a little bit better, if that kid come back and it shows that he's trying to do these things, coaches take it all in of like, hey, this kid is really like. You know the heart he has it, so this kid should be getting some time at something. he's trying his best, and he's doing his best at off the field instead of being just on the field. So the coaches take it all in with that, and when you can see the results yeah you're coaching that you're coaching that's yeah, coaching absolutely that is coaching. when you can see the results of what you have told a player to do and it's being done on the field, it's like that's all I wanted mm-hmm. it, oh, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah, don't go to the coach and yeah, the kids back. Yeah, because it just turns it's it goes it runs way deeper. Like I said, like the same way that the parents are sitting up there talking to the parent, I mean talking to the coaches, the kids are watching. Yeah, the athletes are watching. They're, your kid is watching, but other kids are watching. So let it be known that one kid knows that your parents talking to the coach and you don't know, and that's your mom or that's your dad talking to the coach, and it's like it turns into a little embarrassment. It turns into more of like like every athlete
1: has been like, on the court, <laughs> seen one of your teammates' parents flip out, cause a scene, yeah. and you're like,
2: "Damn, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing!" And it's you embarrassing. know that kid, just like, "Oh my gosh, I but can't believe this is happening." It, it, it matters how you go about it because yeah. the same way that that parent is flipping out on that coach or yelling at the coach or doing whatever it is to the coach, if you're if that's my mom and dad and I don't know that my mom and dad has been building this relationship with this coach, and they and they know my boys know it's like, nah. I don't think I want to play for the team no more. Like I can't do this. So that leads me to my, to one of my last things with the parents. Don't be that parent. Yeah. Don't be that parent. Don't be it's... that
1: parent. And we all know what that parent is. And a lot of times when parents are that parent, they don't think they are. They think, Oh though no, I wasn't doing that. It's different with my situation.
2: Uh-huh. So when I
1: say, don't be that parent, it goes both ways. Don't be the overbearing in your face, uh, parent that's arguing and yelling at your kid from the sidelines. Don't <laughs> yell to your kids from the sidelines. Right.
2: Don't yell at the coach. Yeah, the don't yell at the coach. coach don't yeah.
1: yell at your kid. Don't yell at the teammates. <laughs> Sit down and be a spectator. Yeah. Spectator means to watch. But also, on the other hand, don't pull away from your kids when you're mad at them and not talk to them. Yeah. So stop talking to your kids like, fine, well, you never listen to me anyways. And don't communicate them about sports because you're pissed off. So that's one sort of punishment. The other sort of punishment is getting in their face yelling at them or doing things to embarrass them. You don't mean to punish them that way,
2: but it is a type of punishment. See, if I'm honestly learning that, like the technique that you just said about like watching my kid and he's not performing to the top of, he's not performing to the level that I have seen him perform. And I have to like tell myself at the end of the day, this is a game at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just that. that, And that's, I have to like remind myself that at the end of the day, this is a game. You know, my son, he's going to try his best. Even though I feel in my heart, He didn't do his best. I can't react quick. I have to let the game be played on the game. And I got to be dad when I'm dad. But I can't be sitting up there and the stuff that he did on the field is like bullshit. Is he doing? Dude, like, no, hell no. But I got to remember that I'm still his dad. And and (laughs) what's more important, because I know you and I share very similar
1: sentiments about this, is that if it's a metaphor of life, we have to realize it's not life. Yes. It's a, it's a training tool. It's, it's can help you. And at the same time, and I, I know you feel the same way. I would rather my son be a great man than just a great player.
2: Like, I had to learn that because right? that's hard because
1: yeah. if he's capable
2: of being great at that, it really gets under your skin. It gets under your yeah. skin. It's like, it's like, I'm training kids. That's around, that's around eight and age. That's around my son age. I train I train kids between, between, between nine to 14 or nine to 15 or 16 and aiden is 11 and he's not even training with me yeah (laughs) my son don't even train with me yeah he started off he started off he was training with me and then all of a sudden it just got to a point where he's just like well dad i don't want to do it and i'm like no you're going to do it and then i forced him like three times then i was just like you know what man like I i can't force you it sucks because i told him i'm like parents are asking me like hey do you have kids? Yeah, my son is sitting right over here. He's there. one over there playing Pokemon. <laughs> He's sitting reading a book. Like he yeah. ain't doing much. And they like, well, do he does? Do he do this? I'm like, he is really good at it. Yeah, but you just don't have the passion. Well, and, and we know when you play with other athletes,
1: how many times did you know a guy that's like, this guy could have been a world beat oh or could have been amazing and everything if he actually even cared that Come
2: much. Come on now, inner city kids. Oh, I can tell. I can put a list together. I can put a list of at least twenty. Some that, kids that I am hundred percent sure, twenty of them would have made it to the NFL. Yeah. Twenty of these kids that I know. Well, all they have to do is just stick to the plan, but they. And struck. thank
1: goodness for you. They did not made more space, they made more space, yeah, <laughs> right? <over the> doors. <laughs> but that's a very common thing. It's like some people, their heart's not into it. They choose other things. So it's not mandatory for your son to be great at, to be a great person or a great man to have to be great at a sport. Yeah. That would just be a little added bonus, but
2: it just teaches so yeah. much. Like you said, it just teaches a lot of qualities that you use in life. Like when you get older, it just, it helps you with a lot of corporate world stuff, a lot of a lot of daily life daily life things that we go through as parents, sometimes sports can build you, build your character and build that and build that that wall that you need when you get older and get in these situations because you have you understand how to be oh, a yeah. team player, yeah. understand how to take criticism, understand how to you're not gonna be number one. You gotta work hard to get up there. Sports does that to a lot of kids.
1: Yeah. Well last thing I'll say before we gotta wrap it up and we're gonna do a part two of this episode for the coaches. Because <laughs> this is for the parents. We're going to oh, do some uh, for the coaches because uh. let's face it, coaches out there, they don't want to stop evolving. And in today's game, it's about relationships. In the NBA, you have a bunch of coaches that aren't the nest of the best X and those guys. They're good relationship guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Popoviches, those guys, the old school, like yelled at their players in their faces, they're a dying breed. But they respect them. Exactly. But the majority of the coaches now got to be able to handle the, the
2: egos. Or the media, like, Yeah, because or, Popovich,
1: he's an old breed. They respect him, but social they, media. there ain't no more Popoviches coming up. No. Yeah, you're uh, not going to uh. respect no 30-year-old Popovich, right? <laughs> You'll punch him in the face. You know, you want to no do talking like that. So last thing I'll say, and then we'll wrap it up for day. and the next time we'll talk, we'll come back part two of the coaches, is that going back to teaching your kids how to be able to communicate and why they should communicate. When your kids, you know, come to you, and they're telling you their frustrations or whatever, Obviously, don't react like we talk about. Yes. You know, don't say "Fine, you never listen to me." Just encourage them to go talk to their coaches, but encourage them to do it face to face. Yeah, do it face to face. Look your coach in the eye, and just like we said, go ask your coach, "What can I work on?" Take notes, and then follow through. A lot of kids will take my advice; they'll go to the coaches and say, "Coach, what can I work on?" I want to get better. Coach gives them all the stuff, and they don't. They, they do don't it. do it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the coach gave you an opportunity to do it. As parents, if your kids commit to go take your advice, go talk to the coach. When they're done, what did he say? Take some notes and say, now you're going to go work on this. If they choose not to do it and they come back, complain to you again, say, I'm sad. I feel bad for you. Feel that way. And
2: he told you or she told you what to do. That's on you. And sometimes, just so the parents would know, sometimes that's a test. That's a test. How bad they really want. Yes. It turns into how bad do they really want this? Because the coach probably know that they can do it, but it's just like, let's see if he's going to do it or not. Or she's going to do it or not. And guess what?
1: This is going to be parents. This is a nice little mic drop to end it on. What this will do, you parents, is determine if you're going to continue to dish out those thousands of dollars for your kid. Because you're going to uh. hate, you're going to be resentful <laughs> towards your kid if you're want, putting all this money and they're not falling, through. They're not falling through. So mm-hmm. if your kid goes talk to the coach, comes back, doesn't do this stuff, why, and this is why I tell parents all the time, and I'm telling you right
2: now, do not work harder than your kids. No, but what did you say, though? What did, what did you say earlier? You said... Return on your investment. Return like on your investment. I like that. Those These are our kids. We don't love Don't keep them. on investing in something yeah, that doesn't to give you a return.
1: <laughs> and I don't mean on their talent. I mean it's on their just effort. on effort. Yeah, effort that's alone. Effort.
2: That's all it is. Effort. Effort can get you, uh, get you a whole lot of places in life. That's right. <laughs>
1: well, you guys, um, you're going to get to see uh, Rojo here on the podcast. He's gonna be uh, my co-host here on the OG Therapy podcast. Taking it all. When up. I'm having a uh, guest, when I'm not having guests, just be able to have someone to talk with. And also, he's just a great dude that I love. So, Thanks, thank you bro. for being on today. Thanks, Next dude. time, part two: OG Therapy coaches' advice on how to approach parents and how to approach kids. Because let's face it, coaches. There ain't no rule book on that one. That's a tough one. (laughs) In today's world, it's constantly changing. There ain't no rule
2: book on raising kids. That's right. No rule book on that. (laughs) That'll be the
1: third episode. (laughs) All right, guys. As always, thank you for visiting us here and like the fight. Follow us on OG Therapy. Follow us on Instagram and on YouTube. And until next time, thank you for helping us to like the fight.